Boker Tov. We are, uh, our shiur has become handicapped by COVID, <laughs> by COVID uh, self-imposed quarantines. <laughs> so, it's just us today. Uh, we're beginning Parashat Vayetzeh. We did the Haftarah yesterday from Hoshea. But the interesting thing about the Haftarah is that you very rarely see in the Nach, you very rarely see entire stories recounted again. So it says... In the Haftarah, it said that when he was in his stomach, he followed his brother. Yes. And then when he reached his strength, he fought with the de- with the angel. You know, and, and it's and it's interesting because rarely do we have other parts in Tanakh repeat earlier parts in Tanakh. You know, and it's it's an interesting insight into the way the Navi potentially understood a segment that we are reading ourselves. Oh. You know, it's an interesting... That's why, that's why the Haftarah was interesting. Um, unfortunately, we barely understood it. <laughs> but, but we did our best. Okay. Parashat Bayet says, So what's the last thing that happened in Parashat Toledot? Let's usually go back. Esav marries the daughter... Yeah, Esav marries the daughter of... Machala, the daughter of Ishmael. And... Yitzchak calls Yaakov and he blesses him and he tells him, go to Padan Aram and get yourself a wife like your mother and God will give you the blessing of Abraham to you and your descendants so that you can take over the land that God has given to Abraham. And he goes to Padan Aram, to Laban Bemetuel and Esav saw that and he, got, he realized that he needs to... You know, change his act. Change his act, and then he also gets married to Machala. But he didn't, he didn't do the right thing. Ishmael isn't that bad because Ishmael is still descendant of Abraham. You know, it's not like he went and got from I'm the daughters. It's bad. I'm not saying it's bad, but just it was an improvement because he started off with the Chitites, yeah, who were the daughters. Bad. Yes. The daughters of Ham. Yes. That's who the Torah never wants. Yes. And then he goes to Ishmael. Okay. Perek Kafchet Pasuk Yud. So Yaakov leaves from Beersheba and he goes to Haran while he's on his way to Haran. Mm-hmm. And he approaches a place. And he sleeps there because the sun had come down. Yes. All of a sudden, it's getting... Get, getting dark and he takes from the stones of the place and he puts it around his head and he sleeps in that place now what's significant about, about the fact that the sun came down why is that important to us because it, it came down and he's not reached a city yes. which is very dangerous yes. so he has to stop so he had to stop in the middle of the night in the middle of nowhere which is which to our eyes we should realize how dangerous it is so Yaakov at this point he was blessed with the blessing of Abraham, but he looks towards his future and he says, I'm going to be in Haran for an indefinite period of time. And now he's in the pitch black in, and he hasn't found a city to reside in. So it's very scary. Extremely scary. Wow. We, we rarely put ourselves in Yaakov's shoes, but his imagine first, that. His first trip. He's never traveled. Yeah. And, 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 he never traveled. This is his first experience traveling. And on top of that, it's his, his father had never left Israel. So this is something that's like new to him. Right. Meaning Abraham came from Haran, fine. But, but his own father, 
never left Israel. So Yaakov is thinking, I'm going to be the blessed one, but here I am, leaving <laughs> Israel, in the middle of nowhere, and pitch, dark. pitch black. Animals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, it's yeah. very, very scary. Okay. And in the Midrash, they say that the son of Esau went and... Yeah, so, so in the Midrash, I wonder why they say that, but the Midrash says that uh, Esau sent his son, Esau sent his son, uh, do you remember what the son's name is? His name is... Um, We'll see it later when we get to yes. Toldot Esav. And then, and then his son goes and he, and he says, My father has told me to kill you. And then Yaakov says, Okay, so take my money. Because a, a poor man is considered dead. So then he gives, him, gives up his money. And then he, the, the son goes and he tells Esav, Okay, I, I, Yaakov is, is, is as if he's dead. I think we know that because he arrived to Laban empty-handed. He had no money, nothing. Yeah, for sure. It's also going to be one of the funny things that we see with Lavan. Yes. Is that he probably, when he comes and sees Yaakov, he gets uh, excited. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. last time, <laughs> last time he saw somebody from the house of Abraham, it was Ten a camels huge and all this jewelry he, exactly. and everything. But this time Yaakov is coming empty-handed, so it's going to be a bit of a letdown for Lavan. And we're going to see, his re it's going to be funny. It's, it's almost like a comic, it's like a, it's like a joke <laughs> we're playing on Lavan. By the way, Abraham's descendant is here again. Yes. And then this time he comes completely poor. Okay. So, I want to point out some of the Midrashim also, that they say that this place where he reaches, first of all, there are two, there, there are two. Uh, one is, one is, yeah, so from, it's difficult because we know where Bet El is and it doesn't seem to be the same place as Yerushalayim. But for some reason, the Midrashim are insistent on saying that this place is Haramoria where the Bet HaMikdash was built. Also, what other place is Haramoria where the Bet HaMikdash was built? Where uh, the Akedat Yitzchak. Yes. So you have the Akedat Yitzchak and you have this dream. And, and the Midrashim are trying to lump them all as being in Haram Moriah where the Beit HaMikdash is to be built. So why do they do that? So the, I don't know exactly why they do that. This is the that, place that you talk to Hashem. Is, is yeah, the, for sure. The, the direct yeah. connection. For sure. But, but um, I, that doesn't necessitate you lumping them all together. That's correct. You know? So... There, one of the things that Midrashim is clearly doing Remember we always say that the Midrashim They are extreme. They're, No, not only they're going to extreme But they're, they're building off nuances in the text That you may not have realized So what the Midrashim are realizing Is the word makom Ham makom, bam makom If you remember with Akedat Yitzchak It says And Abraham went And vayaret ham makom merachok And he saw the place From far And then here it says Vayifka bam makom He approached the place and then, how do we? How does the Torah place, describe? The how, do, how does the Torah describe the Beit Hamikdash place? The Hayaham Makom Asher Yifchar Adonai Leshaken Shemosham. Place where you go and dwell. That and uses the word Ham Makom. So between the choice of the Beit Hamikdash location and the Akedat location and this dream of Yaakov, it keeps using the word Ham Makom. So the Chachamim are clearly catching on that and they're saying that they, these all belong because, in one... Because they're the same, they all belong in one place. Yeah, so because this is the, the word, same place. Because they keep using the same word, Hamakom, they're, they're pointing out that it could be the same place. Is it the same place? So, again, it's hard to say. I don't think it is. I mean, the Peshat doesn't seem to be that it's the same place. Beit El, next to Luz, does not seem to be the same exact place. Uh, one more thing is that the Chachamim say that here, Vaifka, and he approached the place... Also is a, is, a, is a language of prayer, Vaifka. Okay. Vaifka is a, you could, you, um, 
you know, some of the sometimes you see the word makom as describing bore olam. Yes. Hayaham makom. The, the God is Mikomoshil Olam, the Chachamim say. He's like the place of the world. So one of the names for God is Makom. So it says, Vaifga ba Makom, and instead of meaning, and he approached the place, the Chachamim translated it as, and he prayed to Hashem. And then from here we see that they instituted Arvit because what time is this? It was night. This is night time. But okay. Rabbi, also, it, it doesn't say where he is, so it could be. I mean, it's not telling us if he's. Where is no, we know where he is. We're going to see yes. in a second. Uh, it's okay. going to it's going to come up. Okay. Pasuk Yudbet. Vayachalom veinei sulam mutzav arza v'roshom agiyah hashamayim veinei malachel Elohim olim v'yoredim bo. And he dreamed, and behold, there was a. He dreamt a dream, and behold, there was a ladder that was on the ground, and the head of it would reach the heavens. Veinei malachel Elohim olim v'yoredim bo, and there were angels of God going up. And going down. And God was standing above him slash it. Not clear. Is it above Yaakov or above, above the, the angels? Above the, above the, 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 the ladder. ladder. Yes. So God was standing above him and he said, I am God, the, the God of Abraham, your father. And the God of Yitzchak. The land that you are dwelling on, I will give it to you and to your descendants. So what is, what is God doing here? He's reiterating the beracha that Yitzhak gave him. That he gave him before leaving. That he gave him before leaving. Now, and why, why would he need it? Confirming because because when, when Yaakov hears the beracha from Yitzhak, he, he then goes, he, it's, it's, he's in this terrifying spot. <laughs> he feels he has nobody with him. He's completely alone. He has no money. And he's about to leave Israel, which his father had never done. So, Hashem is comforting so, so if I were Yaakov, I would say, I love you, Dad, but there's no chance I'm getting this beracha. <laughs> because Esav is much stronger than me. He wants to kill me. I don't even know if I'm ever going to be allowed back into Israel. And then it's scary because by the time Yaakov does come back, Esav is a very strong warrior. So imagine Esav still held the grudge. Then would Yaakov have been able to even overcome him? You never know. Okay, uh, and your descendants will be like the dust of the earth, and you will stretch out Yamma Vakedma to the west and to the east, Vitsafona Vanegba to the north and to the south. And all of the families of the earth will be blessed through you and through your descendants. And this is the typical bracha that Abraham received. When did Abraham receive this exact bracha? I think after Lot left him. Yes. After Lot left him, Avram is almost when split. When they split, God then gives him a bracha that, that um, you'll inherit the land. And I think that's where you find the bracha that's most similar to the one that we're seeing now. Okay, somebody could check up on that in, in the text. Okay, Pasuk Behold, I will be with you and I will guard you in everything that you do. And I will return you to this land. Because I will not leave you until I have done as I have spoken to you. This is amazingly reassuring. What I like about this Pasuk, I will be with you and I will guard you with everything that you do and I will return you to this land because I will not leave you until I do as I promised that you I would do. You know, I don't know what the mindset of the Avot was, but it very well could be that they thought that 
well, Hashem is only going to be with me when I'm in the land of Israel, and not outside, in in a holy place. And I think one of the things Yaakov is learning here is that Borei Olam's dominion is everywhere. It's everywhere. Yeah, I don't have to promising be promising that I'm going to guard you even yeah. in your trip. Exactly. I don't... Yitzchak, my father, never left Israel. So maybe I would have thought that I have to stay in Israel to get God's favor. But Hashem is telling me that no, even when I leave, God will be with me. That's very... That's a, it's, a, it's a nice lesson. So it, and maybe that's the meaning of the... What is the... We haven't even tried to understand the meaning of the, of the dream. What could the dream mean? The dream is obviously some, a, a type of nevoah. It's quasi nevoah. And what do the Chachamim say? What do the Midrashim say about the angels? Well, the angels that guard Eretz Israel were going up. Yeah, and, they and then that were the angels that were, were to guard him when he left outside. Eretz Israel were coming down. I think what the, the message is to Yaakov is that you think there are only angels in Eretz Israel? <laughs> you think God's messengers will only be over, overseeing you when you're in Eretz Israel? Even when you leave, there will be different messengers as well that will be guarding you and overseeing you. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's a nice lesson. Okay, by Ikatz Yaakov, Mishinato. Yaakov wakes up from his dream, or from his sleep. And he says, Behold, God is in this place, and I did not realize. What does he mean that I did not realize? Very interesting. God was in this place, and I did not realize. When he arrived here, he didn't know. Maybe because he was sleeping, and he was making himself very comfortable. Or maybe and because he was outside Israel. No, he's, no, not, he's outside not outside Israel. Israel. This is still Betel. Yeah, yeah, you're right. No, so he's saying, he's thinking, I, I think one of the reasons is because they had a lot of respect for holy places, right? Imagine if they walked into, into a Bet Knesset or into, like a, you know, into a house of worship, he wouldn't be sleeping on the floor. He wouldn't be... No. So maybe he's saying, I was living here as if this is just normal land. I didn't know that this was a holy place. I did not know that this is a holy place. And now we're going to see his behavior afterwards is going to point to the fact that it is a holy place. Okay? Uh, and he... And he was afraid. Yes. And he said, How great is this place? This is nothing but the house of God and this is the gates to the heavens. Yaakov wakes up in the morning. He takes that rock that he had put under his head, under or surrounding his head, and he makes it a matseva. He makes it a pillar. And he puts oil on the rock. What is he doing here? We'll see. And he called the place Bet El, the house of God. And beforehand, it was called Luz. So now we know where it is. Yes, we, know it where, is. It is. we know where Luz is. Yes. We know where Bet El is. Okay? So this is it. It is the place. I mean, Bet El isn't the same place as the Bet Amitash, though. Oh, really? I don't think so, no. Bet El is east of Luz. And I don't, I, for, to what I, what I know, I think it's a little bit north of Yerushalayim. So I don't know what the, what the situation is. But will somebody maybe can uh, email us with geographical insight? Because <laughs> if anybody has geographical insight into this, please email us. And Yaakov made a swear saying, If God will be with me, and He will guard me on this way that I'm going, and He gives me bread to eat and clothes to wear. 
and I return in peace to the house of my father, then I will devote my life to God. And this stone that I have now made a pillar, will be a house for God. Anything you give me, God, I will give my tithe, I will give 10% to what? What is he giving 10% to? To To you, meaning to the upkeep of this house. Meaning he's going to, he's claiming, he's saying basically that if I come back in peace, I will devote my life to God and I'll make a kenisa here. What, what, oh. we, we, never, we never focus on what he's saying here, but, but it's very clear what he's doing. Become a house of whenever, God. Whenever, whenever. Pillar shall become a house of God. That yeah, is, and, and I'll tell right. you, I'll give you a few proofs. I'll give you a few proofs. First of all, whenever Abraham received blessings, what did he immediately do every time he made a blessing? He made a... Say, uh, he made a mizbeach. Yes. He made a mizbeach. And then what would he do with the mizbeach? He would, he would call in the name of God. And we always interpret it as Abraham was making a public place of worship. And he would do service of God there. And then he would influence people to serve to God. Do the same thing. Now, what is Yaakov doing in comparison to Abraham? Well, he all of a sudden gets inspired. And God is dealing very kindly with him. And God is assuaging his fears. And then. He doesn't make a mizbeach. He makes a matzeva. He makes a matzeva. And why is why is it he doesn't make a, a mizbeach like Abraham did? Well, because he's all alone and he doesn't have the means and there's nobody around and he's scared and he's, and he's on his way out. And he, there's nobody around him. And it's in, in the middle of the night. It's very private. So he can't go and make a mizbeach like Abraham did because he doesn't have time to dwell and to influence people and to start a, a kind of... And there's of no stuff. people anyhow. And there's no people around him anyways. So what is he doing instead? And this I, I read it from a rabbi called, a rabbi named, um, Rabbi uh, Menachem Liebtag. I think it was from Rabbi Menachem Liebtag. Okay? He, he points out that it was because he was incapable of doing what Avraham would typically do, he's basically promising that I know I can't make a Mizbeach now and spread the word of God now. But God, if you actually do keep your side of this promise and you do protect me, I will take the, the mantle of Abraham and I will spread, I'll devote my, my life to you and I will spread your word the same way Abraham did. And he's so humbled and appreciative of the fact that God is going to protect him because he's terrified that he's saying, if I do make it back to this place, as of now, I'm just taking a rock and I'm putting it here so I remember where it is. But now that I know where it is, this place will become the house of God. I will make a kanisa here. And then I will take my ma'aser and I will give it to, to, build, to, to the kanisa. How do we know that the ma'aser was given to people who were um, people who were kohanim in the service of God? Because Abraham did it once. Remember when Abraham came back from the war of the four and the five yes, kings, when yes. he defeated the four yes. kings? Malkitzedek melech shalem hu kohen Malkitzedek was the king, and he, he was a priest to El Elyon, which we said could either be Hashem or could be another deity. But out of respect, by ma'aser mikol, Abraham gave him a tenth of everything because he was a Kohen and he wanted to support the, the, the service of God. And now Yaakov is promising to do the same thing. So we see Yaakov is taking after, is trying, he's become inspired, and now he's going to be doing. And now he's inspired to follow the path of Abraham. 
the problem in the meantime is he does not have the same means that Abraham had. So he's going to have to wait until he, he comes back and he gets the means and he's with people again and it's not in the middle of the night. But that seems to be what Yaakov he's is doing. Here. Vow. He's promising a vow while he's yeah, going This is, a, I think, the first a, vow we have in the yes, Torah. Yes, because making a vow, it says, if you, Hashem, if you, I will. It's yeah. It's interesting. It is the first vow we see in the Torah. There's no Usually vow when you are for under this. stress. Exactly. When you're, when you see how much. That's proof that how much stress Yaakov was under. Wow. You know? Alone, had to so run away much, from home. Yeah. In the middle of nowhere. Exactly. So one of the, the the final things I want to point out about Yaakov is is the famous the Ramban always tells us to look for the echoes of history in the forefathers. Right. Look for. Look for the echoes of history in the forefathers, meaning yeah, he calls it Ma'asabot Siman Labanim. Whatever happened to the Avot is a sign that it will also occur to the descendants. And we see by Yaakov, I mean, we see with all the forefathers, and I have a feeling that each forefather represents another stage in Jewish history. And for example, Yitzhak represents a stage in Jewish history where we live in the land and we farm the land and we maybe he represents the time of the building of, of when the Beit HaMikdash, Bat HaMikdash stood. But then Yaakov, the third son, is, is when there is maybe, maybe he represents exile. What we ran to. Yeah, meaning, meaning maybe he represents exile and maybe what he represents is we go through exile and we go through difficulty but then one day we will come back to build the Beit HaMikdash. And maybe Yaakov's part of the story still does not occur. But it's something that we may be experiencing now. Maybe we are experiencing it today. Where we went for a very long time and we struggled and we suffered. And we had the Goyim play tricks on us and switch our, switch our salary 20 times. And, they, and we had a rough time with them. But, we, but what happened as a result? We came out much stronger. And we, we came out. And, I, and the more I think of it, the more I see the parallels between where we stand in Jewish history today and Yaakov's life because what was one of the things we said Yaakov had to learn in his exile he had to learn how to be a little bit tougher so that he could one day overcome Esav even if Esav were to confront him militarily and we said that while Yaakov starts off needing to rely on his wit and sly tactics in order to best Esav at the end he ends up fighting the angel of Esav and he bests him in a physical fight and maybe what Yaakov learned in his 20 plus years of being away from home is he gained strength, he built toughness. He had the physical strength that the timid Jew who was the man of the book doesn't necessarily have innately within him, you know? So Yaakov goes and he learns that and you see today what, what was the biggest problem for the Jews in exile? Well, we were weak, we were, we were, we were, we were oppressed. We were spiritually strong. We were well-educated, we read the Torah books, but we did not have the physical strength we to have, overcome we our enemies. We also had the wealth, we also had the business. Yeah, and there were times we had wealth, yes. there were times we were poor, yes. and there were times we had wealth. Yes. But still we were oppressed. Doesn't and we were oppressed, and we did not have the physical strength to defend us. ourselves. And they tricked us. Yeah, we did not. And what does Yaakov learn? Well, he picks up the physical strength, and one of the, the huge revolutions that happened in the Jewish mind in the 20th century was the Jew went from seeing themselves as a victim to seeing themselves as people who should fight for themselves, who should build a strong army, who should defend themselves under any circumstance. And that, that mental shift of the state of... That, that, that we, we, we don't understand how big a revolution the state of Israel was in the mindset and the psychology of the Jewish people. 
1930, we didn't have a concept of defending ourselves. We didn't see it as possible. It wasn't possible for us to defend ourselves. The state of Israel represented a, a revolution in the mindset of the typical Jew, where we went from sitting back and letting the goyim do with us as they pleased to saying, excuse me, we're not going to take this anymore. We're going to be just as strong as you are, if not stronger. And, and I see a lot of echoes of Yaakov. We see a lot of parallels to Yaakov's life. It's very convincing, this idea that, that the Avot, besides for all the lessons we get from them and all of the deep insights we have into their lives and all of their, the growth that we see in them. So and that they're, Sitkut, a they're a transition of our history. They also represent our history. And Ramban points it out, but you, I mean, we are in an advantageous position to see it from the perspective of the modern state. You know? And Yaakov comes and he's prepared for war at the end. It's so, it's so fascinating to think about. But uh, hopefully, this was beautiful. Yaakov at the end, he's to build a Beit HaMikdash. I mean, Amen. he promises to build a Beit HaMikdash. It's not clear if he does it. That's, that's for saying, next parasha. He's saying it. <laughs> so let's see. And that's maybe another reason why the Chachamim say this was Haram Moriah. Because he says he's going to build a, a house of God. Where else is a house of God other than the Beit HaMikdash? So, Bezor Hashem, we should have the Zachut to be able to build the Beit HaMikdash as Yaakov promised. Baruch Adonai Lulam. Amen. 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 Amen.